This Frank Brickowski and NBA Picks edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week. That's promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week, only at DraftKings. Finally, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com/sgp. That's aceperhead.com/sgp. Hey, everybody, Jim McMahon here, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, right? Real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog. Well, Sean, I, I lied. Last time we talked basketball, I told you I was wearing my basketball shirt. I forgot. We had a we were having a throwback basketball episode yes. today, so I got my throw my only throwback basketball shirt. Much like Rob Lowe, I am a fan <laughs> of the NBA through the great Lynn Sanity shirt I got here. Five dollars on clearance in uh, Times Square after they got rid of him. After the Knicks got rid of him. perfect Jeremy time, to, Lynn. perfect time to to snag one of those Lynn Sanity T-shirts. Joining us, third man in the booth, Colby Dan, aka the Danta Base. What's up, Colby? Well, look, I don't want to get off track, but your roughnecks gear still, still oh, good, buddy. Goodness. It's still well, good. All right. Yeah. Real quick, <laughs> this is an NBA uh, podcast where we're going to be joined by Frank Brakowski, a seasoned veteran with a ton of amazing gambling stories. Yeah. And uh, if you're not familiar with Frank before listening to this podcast, you're want to you want to listen to that interview. He's got <laughs> he's got a bunch of great 16 years in the NBA. So what you're saying yeah. is you should continue to listen. Yeah, and maybe some people they heard Colby's on, they're ready to like <laughs> they're ready to stop the episode. Don't worry. This no. XFL guy again. <laughs> oh, but the XFL yeah. I, I, against all odds. I I was kind of leaning that it was cooked, but then you heard the whispers of like, no, someone's actually going to buy it, and it sounds like an awesome deal. But, uh, the Rock and his kind of like. Business partner, they got it for fifteen million dollars. Yeah, which uh, that's like the Linsanity shirt. Pennies, Times pennies on the so dollars. W- what, huge did they, what did they really buy? Just the name? No, and all the equipment, like all the jerseys, TVs, video yeah. equipment. Oh, so this was like the store is closing. Everything's yeah. for sale. Even Everything. The Linsanity shirt <laughs> in Times Square. Even the even the light fixtures and shelving must go. The ultimate a liquidation sale. Well, NBA is back, and of course, make sure you head over to mybookie.ag. Use a promo code SGP, a hundred percent deposit bonus. Deposit three hundred bucks, and then all of a sudden you're playing with six hundred daily NBA bubble action. We got the PGA Championship. We just gave out all of our picks on the PGA Championship preview podcast with our boy Steve Shermer and uh, tons of nice little long shots. And my bookie is great about the head-to-head matchups. The like the three grouping ones, first round leaders, any sort of golf bet you want, they got you covered over at mybookie.ag, where you can play, win, and get paid, especially when you use the promo code SGP. Joining us on the line, NBA veteran playing 16 years for the National Basketball Association as a center, Frank Brakowski. Frank, uh, how are you enjoying the uh, NBA bubble so far? I'm not down there, so I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I'm enjoying the content <laughs> we're pushing out. I'm enjoying not being in the bubble. I'm enjoying it all. Well, yeah, and a- as a former player, you know, it, guys deal with a lot of downtime. What do you think they're doing in this bubble to kind of fill the time between games? Besides gambling. <laughs> oh. Well, that, we are we are the sports gambling podcast, so that's kind of where I was leading you. <laughs> I, I imagine, I, you know. It, 
it's entertainment, right? We got to stay occupied, keep your mind off, off the game and the pressure and the bubble and, you know, anything to distract you from it, uh, I think is, is healthy, you know, assuming everybody's gambling responsibly and having fun with it. <laughs> well, that's, you know, yeah, you got to respond responsibly gamble as a player. Did you ever witness kind of any, any sort of crazy gambling uh, incidents or uh, take part in any as a player? Only about a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, no, but, but yeah, I got, I mean, there is, it's all, it's all fun until it's not right. I think <laughs> the, 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 the ones that are not are the ones that stick in my memory of, you know, bad dice or, or, or somebody getting into a fight. We, we flew into Seattle, you know, this is going, going back to Seattle didn't have a team obviously, but we flew into Seattle and the Knicks were already there to play after us which rarely happens. So you have three teams packed with gamblers and they have these consistent games going on. So they're all kind of going at it and, and it got heated. It was viewing and Oakley and X-Man and, and, you know, it was just a, a rough crew. <laughs> and, um, you know, the stories were let, you know, I did, you just hear snippets of what happened the night before, because I wasn't involved in the game that I'm not, a, I'm not a gambler. I, I gamble on the golf course for fun and, and that's it. But, uh, you know, I play liars poker with the crew and, and, and we'd have fun with that. But for the most part, I stayed out of those games and it, it would get crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, it certainly is it's a it, classic case of just the juice has to get more elevated as you start making more and more money. <laughs> and I, we all watched Jordan and the security crew in, in the documentary throwing quarters for, for allegedly hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> I would imagine right. uh, with, with, with that Knicks, that especially those Knicks players, uh, how yep. often did the night end with some sort of altercation and someone taking their chips and going home? <laughs> no, it was. I mean, they we had a rule, and I, and I would jump into a game once in a while on the plane or not. But we we had a rule: if you get caught cheating, and it, you know, I want I don't want to say everybody kind of tried to work it, but <laughs> if you get caught, the money in the pot that you have saved, you can still play because you don't want to lose anybody to the game, but. I do have, I do have one story uh, uh, Michael Jordan. We were, it was the all-star game. We were in LA at the Beverly Wilshire and it was nine o'clock in the morning and Oak comes up behind me from behind me. And uh, I don't see him. He puts me in a headlock and I turn around and it's Oak and we hadn't seen each other in a while. And so we chatted up, he gets a phone call and he says, talking to brick in the lobby. And he says, okay, and she goes, let's go. So I follow him across driveway to the second tower. And we go up to Michael Jordan's suite and the game's still going on from the night before oh, Wow, nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and now this is going back 15 years, well, longer than that. Maybe, you know, I forget when the, the, the LA all-star game was, but there was a million nine cash in the room. Oh my God. <laughs> so Allen Iverson, Antoine Walker, oh, Michael no. Jordan, Charles <laughs> Davis, Charles Oakley, all big players, all big money guys. And, and I'm, I'm like, Oh my God, it's you know, I'm just <laughs> overwhelmed. You know, I've never seen so much money in my life. And then I know Dale Davis had stacks of $50 bills. They were giving him a hard time because it was, uh, they called the babysitter money. <laughs> <laughs> He's just coming in there. It's like, oh, I got a couple of fifties guy. What do you got there? 50 grand. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, if people wonder where Antoine Walker's money went, and uh, that's well, he applied the same theory to life as he did in the basketball court. When asked when he didn't why he didn't shoot four or why he shot so many three pointers, he said because they don't have fours. I can't imagine that model works well when you're gambling money. Well, yeah, and you got to be. Know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so I was just gonna say you got to be careful going up against Jordan, who's just a known. <laughs> competitor and he's got an unlimited bankroll. So I imagine Jordan's just to say double or nothing, double or nothing, double or nothing until eventually he wins. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he'll just, he'll just roll you over. Yeah. Um, but uh, Antoine and, uh, and Allen were going at it head to head in a craps game aside from the blackjack game. And uh, Antoine ran out of money. And, and let me, let me say this. Antoine didn't gamble his money away. I'm sure he gambled a lot of it away, but Antoine is a good friend of mine to play with him in Boston. He's just a good hearted, generous person. And that was his downfall. I truly believe that knowing him and knowing intimately what, what he went through. 
But um, they were going head to head, and Antoine ran out of money, so he threw his watch in the pile. And he says, "That's four fifty. That's four fifty." And Aunt, and Alan Iverson looks over at us by the table, and he, and he leans back and he goes, "He might have paid four fifty for that watch, but he ain't getting four fifty for that watch." <laughs> I can imagine Alan Iverson having like a jeweler's loop that he just pulls out, and he's like, "I know, I know jewelry, and that's not four fifty. Oh man! He walked in with cargo pants on. He got there after me. He walked in with cargo pants on, and in each pocket on each side, he had just stacks of ten thousand dollar bands. Oh my god! And I'm like. And I've never been in a room like that. I've been in some rooms, you know, where the craps game's going on and there's some money changing hands and on the plane, there's a lot of money changing hands, but never, nothing, nothing like that. And that's Michael and his, uh, well, do you, do you recall who ended up, uh, who ended up the big winner that night or, or or, I guess morning. I I, I just got (laughs) nervous. I I didn't stick around long. It's just, it was overwhelming for me. Right. And that, and that I was an outsider, so I wasn't playing. So everybody's kind of looking at me sideways. Like, where, where's <laughs> What's your this money? guy doing? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't ask you if you wanted to join. <laughs> no, I, they know I'm not gam. I'm not a gambler, but <laughs> I did have a couple hundred bucks in my pocket. But that was it. <laughs> hey, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan will gamble you a couple hundred. It'll if there's any question as to if Jordan is the goat, the, these stories just put the ice. Yes. In. The fact that he's running full blown casinos well, in his penthouse, I I envy the man because that is like I've been doing that my entire life, trying to run a card game. And well, it's, just and, like, and it's really impressive, amen, bro. I really love the angle of. It, you know, Allen Iverson and Antoine Walker mm. not getting enough action in the million dollar card game. They have to set up their own side right. craps game. Well, and that's that sounds yeah. like true degenerate, Sean. True degen move. Well, and you uh you had a, a number of uh run-ins with some some of the all-time characters in the league. Of course, uh you and you and Rodman, that was a big incident in the uh 96 NBA finals. You guys going back and forth, getting chippy. You eventually got tossed. What what kind of trash talk does a guy like Dennis Rodman say to you on the court? He real he, he's not quick on his feet or witty. Like I I consider myself quick on my feet and kind of witty if I can. I I like to have fun with it, right? He he just really didn't know how to go back and forth. But the time I remember is he was standing sideways. I don't know if you remember. He was standing sideways to me at a foul line, at the foul line. Yeah, I yep. remember. And the foul shot prior to that, he was shooting and he had just done a book signing in a wedding dress, dressed as a woman. <laughs> and I, I, I said to him, I, I go, hey, and the referee's getting ready to hand him the ball. And I said, hey, Dennis, I'm a little confused. The wedding dress, the dressing like a woman. I go, what do you do after the game? And I said a couple <laughs> other things. And every Michael and Scott, Michael and Scotty are sitting across from me and, and they just, they're, they're, they're on their, their hands are on their knees and they're just leaning over and they both their heads just drop and they just start chuckling, laughing. And the referee <laughs> is handing Dennis the ball, but he starts laughing. So he has to back away from Dennis. And I said, Dennis, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm as confused as you are and everybody else. About your sex I, was just, it was, I was just curious. Huh, you just, my kids say this to me all the time. What dad? I'm just asking questions. <laughs> exactly. Just asking a question. Just trying to, just trying to gather some Intel on Rodman. <laughs> Who is the uh, who is the the hardest guy you had to guard or kind of go up against? Uh, obviously, Rodman, not a not an offensive scorer, but you know, vicious on the uh, on the boards. And then you had to guard Shaq at one time, and uh, you know, over the years, you guarded a number of big men. Who yeah. who, who really was the hardest? Well, I, Dennis was pound for pound was the best rebounder in the game ever. So just get that out there. So he 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 was tough to keep off the boards. The, the fun thing, and I've known Shaq since he was 15. He grew up in San Antonio, and he would come to practices and games. So we've always had a relationship, and, and the, the, he would say, hey, I won't dunk on you if you don't shoot any threes on me. And I'm like, hey, Shaq, when you get the ball, we double you. When I get the ball, you got to play me one-on-one. So I enjoyed playing against Shaq and the big guys because they couldn't guard me outside, and if they came out, I'd go by them. Um, but, and then when they get the ball in the post, we, we double them. So I have all the help, all the help I need. Yeah. But you know, Moses Malone was relentless. Uh, you know, uh, Buck Williams was tough. I, I struggled with the guys who played like I did. I wanted to beat you up. I wanted you to be pissed at the end of the game, win or lose. I wanted you to remember that you played against me. Right. And, and the, the players like that Oak and Buck, we kind of had a truce, you know, like, like we won't go hard if you don't go hard, you know what I mean? Like beating each other up. But 
I remember there was a there was a Russian dude who played in Cleveland who was just strong as an ox, and he just got into the league, and he's a coach now in the league, and I can't remember his name because I can't I can't never pronounce pronounce those names, but he was a rookie and he was just just a bull of a man. And he's standing next to me at the foul line. I said, you relax, I'll relax, you know, on the foul shots until it really means something, you know, you just kind of respectfully let a vet stand there and you, you, you don't go after the ball. And I said it to him, I said, you relax, I'll relax. And he kind of took a while for him to process. And he looks at me and he goes, no, you had your own Rocky moment there. Yeah. I relax for <laughs> no one. I, I represent Oh, USSR. Like uh, Got to appreciate the chip yeah. on the uh, g- general Russian shoulder, you know. Well, and, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you grew up. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you grew up in the in the greater New York area, the, the city, and kind of had a scrappy childhood. Do you think that kind of informed your playing as your career went along? Yeah, and then I played for a tough coach, Dick Harder. But growing up, I I grew up in North Shore, Long Island, maybe 20 miles outside the city. My dad used to drive me across Island to Long Beach and Roosevelt where all the, the African-Americans played and, and lived. And he would drop me off at early ages, 15, 16 years old. I'd be scared, you know, scared shit of, uh, of going over there and being the only white guy on the court. But that, that's what made me right. As far as a player. And I remember I did really well. Well, the first time he dropped me off at Roosevelt, there's a, there's a playground at, at the school in Roosevelt where Dr. J grew up and went to high school he dropped me off and I didn't get in the game. He picked me up and he, uh, next Saturday he dropped me off. I didn't get in the game. And then I finally got in the game and didn't really do very well. And then the fourth Saturday I, I did well. And they kind of acknowledged me and high five me as I was leaving and they welcomed me back or whatever. And I got in the car and my dad kind of smacked me in the back of the head. He goes, what are you out there making friends? <laughs> and Classic dad that line. Was the mentality in, 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 in New York, like if you're not out there. If someone's having a good time, my dad always says, you know, someone's having a good time playing because you you're not doing shit. <laughs> so I go out to California and I'm playing at Stanford and I blocked this, this big guy's shot and he passed me on the button and says, good, good block. And I was shocked <laughs> that someone would compliment me. I'm blocking their shot. I, I expect you to be mad. if, we, if I, Yeah. You expect him to get. It speaks to the. It speaks to the where the game is going now that we're in like the full blown like all star AAU mode because growing up on the East Coast and also making that migration to the left coast, there is definitely that lack of just general uh, darkness surrounding the ability to communicate with others in a positive fashion. So, uh, did what I wanted to ask you was that that it it seems uh, throughout watching and reading, uh, especially NBA content from like the sixties through the nineties, there was a certain kind of badge coming from New York that you, you could wear throughout the league. Did you find that that got you gained you respect when people found out where you came from? No, they could give a shit. Okay. (laughs) You you gain, gain that respect on the court, you know, whether you're from New York and, and you know, I was proud of the fact that all the brothers would just say, just leave that dude alone. You know, that's the way I wanted it. Right. And I, I'm not saying I would answer or did anything, but if, if you want to ask me, I'm, you know what I mean? You wake on care who lose game. I want to compete. And it allowed me to be in the league as long as I, I, I was. Yeah, I mean, certainly the scrappy competitiveness, and as far as a big man, you were kind of ahead of your time. You, you had mentioned how you would shoot threes on Shaq because he wouldn't come out and guard you, but certainly a, a guy of your height uh, shooting that many threes and hitting—I I mean, that ninety-five, ninety-six season with the Sonics, you hit forty percent from behind the arc. Was that was that something you kind of worked into your game later on, or, or was that something you always kind of kept in your back pocket? It was just survival. You know, as I was getting older, you know, I, I did a lot of things. Well, I didn't do anything really great, but I was able to draw the big men away from the basket. I was able to post up the little guys. I was able to pass. I was able to to shoot that long three that stretched the defense. Um, so, uh, and I was right and left-handed down low and I could drive right and left-handed. And I, you know, when I teach kids today, I should, I say, all you need is five, either 16, 17 foot set. Then you even have to be a jump shot to hit, make people come out and play. You need to be able to go right and left with a running hook and down low. You have to jump hook right and left. 
And that's it. Everything else is gravy. When I see these young kids being taught all this fancy driven, da 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 da, looks great. But can you go right and left with a runner over big people? Do you do you jump hook down low left so no one can really play you? They can't favor a side. Um, and then you build out from there. But I don't have the youth programs now. It's fancy stuff. Da, it looks great. But how effective are you? Yeah. I mean, I, when I see people dribbling two balls and stuff like that, I think about, I just constantly think about a guy like Dwight Howard. Like if Dwight Howard had just learned how to use both hands and, and a drop step, imagine how good he could have been. Right. Right. Uh, no. That, and, and if he competed like Oak or X or myself, or, I mean, I would give anything to have had his ability in his body. Yeah. Right. Right. But dude, like uh, Phil, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson called you a goon in 1996. And I don't consider you essentially a goon because I'm going to go back to 1988 well, you had back-to-back games, 33 points, 10 assists, six boards against the Denver nuggets. The following game, 34 points, 15 boards, six assists against the rockets. That's not a goon in all the way in my book, you know, no, Phil, Phil's just inflammatory. He, he, <laughs> and he's a friend of mine. He's actually up here in Montana. I, I own a summer home in Montana on a lake. And so does he, but Phil, I, when he did just recently, there was an article about Steve Kerr and, and his comment, Phil's comment about the abbreviated season um, in the holdout where the Spurs still came out and said that championship will always have an asterisk next to it. And when pop was told quote, and pop's a real good friend of mine, a, a real, uh, really close friend of mine. And he said, pop's, pop's remark was Phil's the best coach on the planet. He's won so many championships. He's the, he's, he's strategically the, I respect him, but that. And he can say anything he wants about that championship. And he said, no matter how stupid it is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way I look at Phil. He called me a cool and I could give a shit what he called you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes I mean that's you know, that's why it's great to have a friend like Phil Jackson. You can bust his chops. And uh right. yeah, I mean certainly pop all time, all time great. Great wordsmith as well. Yeah, he really yeah, is pop, and he's, pop's, pop's the best. He's always he, he He's always interesting in those uh, sideline interviews where he's just, he turns into uh, Bill Belichick with just like the complete deadpan and right, uh, right. W- won't give them anything. Another, uh, another character you kind of cross paths with in the, uh, in your NBA playing days, I, I saw a story that you were hanging out with Barkley one night in Milwaukee. And then uh, I, I'm trying to piece together the story, but essentially Barkley kind of got off on his own. And then there were like three guys that were trying to get into it with him. And he ended up punching one of the guys and broke his nose. What was it like hanging and out with Barkley that night? Bar Barkley, I hope you guys have spent time with, but he is the the most fun in that he includes everybody. No matter who you are, you feel important with him. And uh, I'm close with Charles and, and love Charles to death. We were at a bar and he were leaving and he was following me home where we were supposed to go back to Larry Kosobiak's house and then he just didn't show up. And then the next day we found out what happened. He threw somebody through a window and broke somebody's <laughs> nose. We, that, that's all we really know, you know, <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned. And then his attorney called me the next day and wanted me to make his like, I'm going to talk to Charles first. And yeah, let me, the, let's, let's get the story <laughs> straight. <laughs> yeah. It went from there. Imagine, imagine being a random dude thinking that they want to get into a tuffle with with Mr. Charles Bar, the round mountain rebound. Himself. Yeah, just, he'd, he'd be the last you know, guy who, who, who tries to pick way. a fight with an NBA player. I mean, they're, I'm not a large yeah, human but, being, but NBA, but NBA players don't have a fight. They made a deny. No. Like I grew up, I I was always scared shit of fighting. I I knew if I could get the first punch in and follow it up with a couple real quick, I'd be okay. But as far as a fair fight, like. You see these, you know, when you go back in the archives and look at these fights, just flailing away, yeah. just throwing these ugly punches and kind of wrestling around. No one knows. I mean, very few people know how to fight. Well, also, if you're if you're a drunk guy, the idea of oh my god, I could be the guy that knocks out Charles Barkley. <laughs> exactly. If you're really drunk, or, that that begins to sound or like a I good could be idea. The guy who Charles Barkley knocks out, and I make the paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way, it's a good story. You're the guy who got yeah, into yeah. it with Barkley. It's a high floor situation. Right. And uh, overall, your thoughts on, on the NBA? It's certainly become a a much less physical game than it was it, way back in the day, or just even even more recently in in your time period where elbows were flying. I, I you know I read a story about you popping uh, Stockton and him getting eleven stitches with an elbow. Elbows were just kind of right. commonplace. 
do you, as a, as a fan now, as a guy who's just enjoying the game and, and kind of helping out the league, do you, do you like the less physical play? Do you, do you see, Oh, Hey, the scoring's up. It brings new fans in or, or do you wish things got a little more physical? You know, it's a, it's a mixed bag for me because it, it, I wanted, a, I want an honest game. Like if you're on a playground in New York or wherever and someone, a, a small guard comes in the, in the lane and he wants to go to the basket. No, you don't get to go to the basket unmolested. It's just the way <laughs> basketball is played. So, you know, the Stockton story is a great story. And, and, and that was basketball. David Stern comes along and David was a personal friend of mine. I had lunch with him a week before he passed or two weeks before he passed. And, and he bought with him the, the genius marketing machine that he had. Right. And so he made us all a lot of money and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But what he did was prior to David and his marketing genius and his machine, you had to win championships to be a superstar. You had to be Michael, Larry, magic, whoever. And then you became a superstar. When he brought that machine along, what he was, look, if you can sell sneakers and wall street lights, you will make you a superstar. Don't worry about the, don't worry about the accolades. We'll get you there. And with that came a bunch of an influx of money and, 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 and momentum. And, and he created this monster of a, of a conglomerate, really, you know, a, a world power in business. Um, so uh, it's a, like I said, it's a mixed bag. I would rather see the players police their game. If you mess with me, remember Larry Bird, Chuck Daly was talking shit to Larry Bird and Larry gave him a forearm shiver going up the court. <laughs> yeah. wasn't even really made of, right? You talk shit to me, you get hit. Coaches included. <laughs> I love it. I miss that, man. I truly miss that. Yeah, I miss it too. Yeah, yeah well, and, I mean, it, I was, and it Jim is. Jim Clemens, but real, real quick, Jim Clemens is a big, burly black dude from Philly. He came in the league and I was a rookie and I blocked his shot and I said, get that shit out of here. I turned around. He gave me a forearm shiver in the throat. I'll never forget. <laughs> you know what? Next time, maybe I don't say anything. <laughs> and that's basketball, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. There is something beautiful to some of the sports that allow the regulation to happen on, on the field, uh, whether that be something like hockey and fights uh, or rugby. Uh, and it felt like that was how basketball was back then. As a, I was a Knicks fan and watching those Knicks pacers, however you want to go down that, that memory lane, it just felt like the right. game was more pure because shit was sorted out on the court and the refs were exactly. kind of part of the situation, not quite like wrestling, exactly. but they, they allowed it to happen as well because they knew that if, if they let Oakley crack someone early in a game, that maybe less drama would happen yeah. later in a game. And then exactly. that, it, it, yeah, you're exactly right. It sorts itself out and you don't have to control it. It just, it takes on its own path. So you throw a hundred horses to a corral, one horse is going to become the boss. And that's the way basketball goes. You know, it's like those early camps, those early days in camps where I would see, okay, that's the guy I have to knock out. You know, that's the guy I have to take care of. And if I take care of him, everything else falls in line. So to your point, you let it happen. It takes care of itself. But now the referees just have too much control, too much power. And it, it really hurts the game. Yeah. It, I, as a fan, that's where it, it gets frustrating because it, there's just not consistency in the way games are ref because one, everything's right. a foul. And then the other thing they're letting them play. And it's, I always am an advocate of just letting them play. And again, if it's, if it's close, let it go and, and kind of let it sort itself on the court. And then you hear these stories as gamblers, you're always paranoid of like, <laughs> Oh, the refs in on it. It's fixed. It's fixed. And then you're like, no, you just lost a bet. But then a guy like Tim Donaghy gets busted, and he actually was involved in, in some point shaving and and kind of fixing these games. Did you ever have any or hear any whispers or or think any game you were involved the ref had it like a vested interest in the outcome? Never, I, I never even thought that it was it was beyond my realm. It was just you know the referees were were the referees, and you and back when I played, there was this mutual respect between the referees and the players. And they let you get after it to a certain extent, and and that was a, a good thing, right? So nowadays you don't see those relationships, the 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 relationship with the veteran referees that have their players, and and you know I always respected the the refs that could make the call against the home crowd, that would make the call against the home crowd, that would make the call against the all star. Those are the guys I respected. The other guys, you know, I could care less about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, being able to to make a tough call in front of a packed house, exactly. That, that's really, yeah, that's really where a home court advantage comes in, is because just that mental pressure of like, hey, don't call it against this guy, don't call it against this guy, right. and then and then right. he he stands up and uh, and makes the call. 
We had a uh, we had Lenny Dykstra on as a guest uh, not too long ago, and he was good friends with Charlie Sheen. I know you had uh, you've been uh, good friends with Charlie Sheen over the years. Are you still in touch with Charlie? And and what's an average weekend hanging out with Charlie Sheen like? You know, I'm not in touch with Charlie. I, we we never really had a phone out. He just went his way. I went my way. I think the world of him. I think he's a great, generous, funny, loving, smart kid. Right back in the day, I met him early in '85, and you know we we were both single and we both lived in LA and we had some money in our pocket and we didn't have to wait in any lines. So just you can extrapolate out the fun we had. Right <laughs> when I watch Entourage every once in a while, I'm like, hmm, that seems familiar. Yeah, kind of like me and Sheen <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, I mean to be young, single, and have a bunch of cash. In LA is uh, not a bad thing. I mean, I've been young and single in LA, completely broke, but still had a decent time. But I could only imagine if I had a ton of cash, uh, certainly make things make things a lot better. And Charlie had an airport hangar at Santa Monica Airport with forty five cars in it, so we could use whatever car we oh, wanted. No, they were obviously, nice cars. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, Frank, appreciate you calling in. Before we let you go. Who do you who do you got? Who do you have winning it all in this short and weird NBA season? I, I'm pulling for the Blazers. I love the Blazers. I love Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, Lillard, Lillard is an example to every NBA player. He's just a man of faith. He's a he's a, he's a man of morals. He's he's a man of loyalty. He's just him and CJ are. I I admire maybe those two and Melo, those two the most in the league. And I'm more intimate with them. I lived in Portland for 18 years, so I, I'm kind of favoring those guys. Awesome. That well, good luck to the Blazers, big uh, CJ fan, and appreciate you calling in, Frank. Have a have a great day. All right, guys, it was fun. Anytime. Oh yeah, awesome interview with uh, Frank Brakowski. Man, taking me back to the NBA. And speaking of that, the NBA is back. So is DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports. They're offering you a shot at. A share of millions of dollars every day this week. Again, fantasy basketball. So easy to play. So easy to uh I man, just so many fun lineups and every day now in the bubble feels like a big event. Gotta get your DraftKings lineup going. No better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than competing for a share of millions of dollars. And again, winning millions of dollars, that's fun. And that's good. If you're having fun, the other person shouldn't yep. have fun because they're not winning millions of dollars, just like Frank was talking about. Also, if you're listening to this, still time to get in a lineup for the PGA Championship. Check out our mm. PGA Championship preview podcast. We gave out some sweet DraftKings lineups as well. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week. That's promo code SGP to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well done, Sean. Thank you. Love getting that fine print in there. Joining us on the line, host of the newly launched NBA gambling podcast feed, site editor Ryan McKee. Ryan, what's happening, man? Hey guys, uh, just you know, living it up out here in Arizona, enjoying the three and O Phoenix Suns. <laughs> oh, They've wow. come back to the bubble. They look like a completely different team. I, I'm currently wearing my Devin Booker jersey right now as we speak. Uh, I have I've pretty much been wearing it for three days straight. Well, and and, uh, and that Devin Booker shot, it did, and I feel like people on the internet have been saying similar things. So I'm not. I'm not breaking any ground here, but that Devin Booker shot did feel a little March Madnessy. These this huge, you know, what 13, 14 point underdog went in with a, a game winning shot. I mean, where was Gus Johnson for this Devin Booker just beautiful jumper to drain it? Three and oh I so mean, far. Not just not just a great shot, but he hit that shot over two of the best perimeter defenders in the entire league in uh Paul George and Kawhi. I mean over both of them, they couldn't have, they couldn't have defended him any, any better. And he still hit it. it yeah. Was amazing. And uh, I mean, also not that I, again, I'm a guy who likes to let him play, but it did seem like there was some contact there as well. Probably could have got the end one, uh, the end one going there as Larry well. Johnson. Yeah. Oh, you know, as a Suns fan, we're not greedy. We're happy. Uh. We're happy, but just the win. <laughs> well, and just the win, but you're three and oh, 
Walk us through. We're taping this Wednesday morning, and of course, if you want daily up-to-date bubble picks, make sure you subscribe to the new NBA Gambling Podcast feed on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, McKee's cranking out the podcast. Joined a lot of of the time by our boy Zach Bronner as well. But what are the what are the 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 Suns' path to the playoffs? Because now that they're three and zero, you have to be licking your chops, thinking there's a chance, right? I mean, I gotta say, like I came into this not expecting anything. I was just hoping to at least watch a few fun Suns games. But yeah, in theory, there is a path to them getting to the nine seed and getting to that play-in game. But the problem is, um, they have a real tough schedule ahead of them. They've already had a tough schedule, and they don't play any of the teams that are ahead of them. for that spot, they, they don't play the Spurs or the Pelicans or the Trailblazers. So it's, you know, it's gonna, it's not completely in their hands. I mean, they can keep winning, but if those other teams keep winning too, uh, they don't really stand a chance. And at this point, I mean, who are you rooting for, Sean, to sneak in in the West? Because it it, it went for me. Like clearly, I still, I think I still want the Blazers. But I, I do. I'm finding myself wanting to pull for this Suns team. Oh yeah, and I think I think we had a horribly bad hot take of how, <laughs> who's laying seven points with the Suns. Was that the first game of the bubble when we when we broke it down? Yes. So um, yeah, we were wrong. We didn't realize that the Suns and the uh, the modern day millennial Twitch cult, the Twitch superstar known as Devin Booker, would be fully energized. Well, yeah, they were, they were laying a seven. I might've got it up to eight against that Washington wizards team, uh, which is pretty much a G league team at this point. Uh, I believe they're, they're that, comically bad. Yeah. I believe that uh house on the bill Simmons podcast called them the gizzards instead of the wizards, <laughs> which I feel like is, is certainly apt. They're the, they've got the worst lineup, uh, you know, in this uh, bubble. Well, uh, and, and I'm laughing, but the Sixers uh, they play them today, oh, and no. uh, I, I the way the Sixers team, uh, I'm hoping that they're just kind of complacent because they're slow rolling. They can't really do a ton in in the seeding, but I mean, letting up 53 points uh, to the Pacers. Uh, the, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he put up I th- Ford put up 53 T- points. TJ uh, Warren, no, it's Warren, and uh, I was like, what the hell? Like Brett Brown is just such a frustrating coach. If they don't really make some noise in the playoffs, they got to get rid of them. And I, I, I'm sure they're going to use the bubbles as an excuse, like, "Oh, come on, it was a weird season, blah blah blah." But, dude, like this team has so much talent. But aren't you seeing yeah. the the? I feel like there's a couple characteristics of a team that are starting to rise up a little bit. And if you remove the idea of like your stable kind of bell cow teams that we expect to to do well, prosper, it's it's really about a team team with teams with young fellas with energy and two teams with coaches. And to your point about Brett Brown, like some, sometimes you need a guy who's going to think outside the box. And I, and I think while maybe we need a longer sample size to really determine this, I, I, I think if I'm a Sixers fan, I guess I would be hoping that we could lever this weird experiment to get a new coach for next season. Right. Yeah, but I'm worried. Don't you want to fail in this situation so you can succeed next year? Yeah, but I, I can never root for the team to fail. But I, I see what you're saying. But I'm worried that if but they failing in this construct isn't that big of a deal because it's so short. But right, but that's what I'm saying. If it's not a big deal, then I think that almost buys them more time. Like I feel like if they fail in the bubble, then that will be just it's another. It, yeah, it's just another excuse for Brett Brown and the Sixers. And really, there's no excuse. Like. Coming into this season, I said if they didn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, he had to go. I'm still I mean, holding to that. I'll say it for all of us: fuck Brett Brown. Yeah. There you uh, go. The the Sixers lost me uh, a substantial <laughs> amount of money in that first game a, against the Pacers. I thought it was a lock that the Sixers would win. The Pacers didn't have Sabonis. They didn't have Malcolm Brogdon. They have a banged up Oladipo. I thought, who who are they even playing? Like. You know what is T.J. Warren going to have fifty points, and then fucking <laughs> T.J. Warren went and had fifty points, and which makes it even harder because this for me because the Suns gave him up to the Pacers for nothing, and he's been playing like a baller. And and you the, back to my point about coaching forever. The guy who seems to have been fucked over by the NBA has continually had success. Maybe was never the prom queen, but find me a Nate McMillan team that doesn't play good basketball, and once again. 
look at him. He's he's rolling up with scraps to the party and they're they're getting wins. So Co- yeah. Coaching hashtag coaching matters, Sean. It does. And uh, what do you, McKee? Uh, what yeah. are you doing now, handicapping these? Because well, I think we're already getting to this point, and I, I think we kind of had this angle early on that some of these teams, like Milwaukee, clearly didn't need to play for something yeah. to take the under on their win total. And you saw it when they lost outright to the Nets. And uh, now they th- lost outright to the Nets with the Nets sitting their three best players <laughs> yeah. that they brought to the bubble, and that was you know that's their like uh, fourth through six best players on their team who who in actuality, um, yeah the the Bucks just seemed content with they played their entire bench some minutes they played like fifteen they went fifteen players deep they're just trying to get uh, guys a bunch of minutes so it is really tough to pick these games as if you look at Zach and I's. Uh, Picks, uh, which you can uh, get at at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, uh, NBA picks. Um, we're both 500 right now in, in picking every game against the spread. And it's just because it's hard to know really what these teams are going to do. But it does seem like the Lakers and the Bucks are probably going to coast in from here. Yeah. It, it does seem like now that they've locked up the, uh, the one seed, at least I know the Lakers didn't. Looks like the Bucks did as well that they're. Yeah, they don't have anything really to play for, so they can kind of just sit in cruise control, try out some different lineups, keep guys in shape. Well, so. as someone who had some money on the Lakers game one, uh, I did not appreciate that oh, lineup no. experimentation. I think I sent you a text, Sean, at <laughs> yeah. one point. We that we bet on a team with Dion Wade, Dion Waiters, Dwight Howard, and J.R. Smith were all <laughs> on the court real together. Minutes. <laughs> and then when, and Dion Waiters seemed to be a pivotal role like person in this in this lineup. Uh yeah, fuck you, LA. Like, how are you going to win no, that Deion game? Deion Waiters two? is going to. I I I guarantee that in this playoffs, there's going to be a couple of crazy Deion Waiters games where he just goes off. That's just he's going to be you know dog shit the rest of the time, and then he's going to have two games where he he makes all the difference. And that's just and if you can pick him on those correct nights for DFS, uh, I mean, you're, you're going to be it's going to be tough. You're going to be chasing the dragon a little bit, but the yeah, I mean. Expect some uh, Deion Waiters moments coming and up. For, for a guy who clearly has packed on a couple extra pounds, <laughs> still very fluid with the uh, spin move there. Uh, yeah, I just well, I, you know what, you know why he's packed on some extra pounds? They're not testing for weed anymore. Yeah, and uh, we know that he likes a couple of those gummies. He's probably got the munchies after that. Well, I mean, to be fair, as someone who we discussed this heavily on the PGA Championship preview, but as someone who is also a grass expert, like many of those golfers, Sean. Yes. Uh, although I I dabble in all types of grass, it's pretty embarrassing to be an NBA player. <laughs> you're a larger, you're your a weed. larger guy. You're a taller guy. Like you just have an advantage over the rest of humanity when it comes to consuming MGs, and you still have an accident. <laughs> like, come on! I've never called in sick because of weed, bro. No, and it is it is kind of the Lakers are playing with fire having Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith on the same team. I could I could see them much like in the dorm room where you like stuff the dryer sheets at the I bottom mean, of the door so it doesn't leak out into the hallway. Why the NBA is not doing a hard knock style uh, show about any teams in the bubble? I'm sure they're doing they're doing something. They gotta but, be doing. But something. I, I've heard that they are recording it, but I don't know what they're gonna do with the footage. I just want to see this Lakers locker room. I want to understand how it works. The 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 characters in that lot, and then you throw in Caruso. Like, how do do Caruso and Jr. Smith hang out? Like, do they do they compare their swag notes? Like, I I I just want to learn so much. Like, what's Dwight Howard Caruso, doing? Caruso is. I know this sounds crazy, and and people would be like, "Oh, you just like him because he's a bald white guy yeah. with a similar hairline." Yeah, but you but, can't dunk, just to be clear. But Sean, Caruso, right? it gives them those scrappy plays that really can kind of those. He's great at those 50, 50 balls. Like towards the end of that Lakers Clippers game, he, he dives for a ball going out of bounds, keeps it alive, throws it, it in and then go, you know, gets points down at the other you end. You know what it is? It's when you have a team filled with people unwilling to uh, put extra effort and just general lazy dudes like Dwight Howard and Deion waiters, yeah. you gotta, you gotta balance that out with the hustle guy. No, I just, I'm, yeah. I'm thoroughly he reminds intrigued. me of he remi- Caruso reminds me of Deladova on those oh, uh, Cavs great, teams. Great comparison, know? but I, I uh, think I think even Caruso is a better athlete, right? Oh, he de- he definitely is, and Deladova hasn't had a meaningful you know NBA moment since uh, LeBron left the Cavs, um, and I think that it just goes to show like y- you got to have it. 
on these championship teams, it really helps have one scrappy guy like that. I, I, I can see Caruso end up playing a lot of minutes in this, in this playoffs. And if you really break down the Lakers roster, that's where you start getting into that. Like, well, they, they do have, they have a couple of rational confidence guys in Dion waiters and, and J.R. Smith. They have the, the total role player in Caruso. They have the goat and LeBron and, 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 and Davis who really is the, the alpha now on that team. I think, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm lo- I, I hate to say it, Sean, but I'm I'm uh I think I've caught Laker fever. I think I'm back in on LeBron. <laughs> when I saw when I saw old ass LeBron, which by the way makes me feel old. Yeah, but he shouldn't. I, is but he, when LeBron still elevated and fucking went like full blown like head hitting the rim dunk in that Laker Clipper game, I was like, oh okay, still got it, buddy. Is he? Because uh, I feel like he was growing out the gray beard, and then and then when I watched no. the game. I didn't really see much of the gray. Is he? Is well, he hanging th- on to it? Down in Orlando, they have lots of different cosmetic uh, <laughs> kind of. You know, they didn't bring the strip club. They do have the a bar. They set up a barber shop for them. So I bet he's got it. Uh, I bet he got a dye job. Yeah, that's. I mean, well, there's a lot of uh, older gay gentlemen in Orlando who are probably like, "Hey, LeBron, like this isn't a hard problem to fix now. <laughs> we can we can get this taken care." Next of. Next thing you know, Anthony Davis is going to lose the I, unibrow. I, I like the yeah these. <laughs> Wax. I like the gray beard. To me, that was yeah. that was like a, an alpha move by LeBron, like the silverback gorilla. It was the real life character that Kyrie was playing in that that strange commercial that turned into a full Uncle Drew. Movie. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Drew. Which why they made a movie out of that? <laughs> uh, I I still have. He's an artist. Kyrie's an artist, Sean. I still have no idea. All right, we'll get to uh, just talk a little. The lines aren't out, but we can kind of give some leans here on the Thursday night games. Before we do, want to give a quick shout out to Ace per head. Again, instead of betting on these games, you could be booking these games. While you're listening to th- before this podcast is over, you could already be signed up at aceperhead.com slash SGP, opening up your own sports book. All you gotta do, aceperhead.com slash SGP, get up to six weeks free. Don't need to know anything about running a sports betting website. They take care of you. They grade the wagers. They set the lines. It's a turnkey solution, easy to operate. Aceperhead.com/sgp. New Orleans, Sacramento. New Orleans kind of been disappointing. I mean, Zion. There are all these like videos of him looking ripped to shit, and then as predicted by me. And then he had the family emergency, and then kind of came back and wasn't ripped to shit. Uh, what's going on with uh, Zion, McKee? Well, I, I think that when he said that he was out of shape based on those like 10 days that he had a 10 extra days, he had a quarantine or whatever. He wasn't kidding. Uh, he seemed <laughs> off in the first two games. They ramped up his minutes uh, a little more. I think he played over 20 minutes against the Grizzlies. They they looked a lot better with him out there. Um, I think going forward, you can expect the Pelicans to play more basketball like they were playing right before the break. Um, but still, I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure you can really count on that. They they're going against a, a Kings team that, uh, hasn't won a game yet. They just look in disarray. I, so I, I don't, I could kind of see them giving up, you know, they, they don't, they don't seem like, and they've got Luke Walton as their coach. I don't think that he can rally them. No. And yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go Pelicans here. Uh, you know, assuming the the number is reasonable, which I think it might be. And JJ Redick, he's been quietly shooting. Do we well. have any takeaways for these early games? Any 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 handicapping angles on the early games? The NBA player is not not necessarily known for the one thirty five ah, East that, Coast. That's, a, that's tip. a different body clock experiment for these guys. Well, uh, there always used to be the move of these noon games on the West Coast. Always, especially in LA, always. Always, uh, you know, going under. But everyone's clocks on the same calendar, I guess. I just, I'm curious, but because now it's becoming the new norm. They're, you're playing these daytime games. I, I don't know how you could like. To me, th- this is a simple equation. You just don't bet on teams like the Kings. You can't bet on like you're either taking the Pelicans or passing. Great, here. stay away yeah. there. At, 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 yeah, I would say uh, take the Pelicans or stay away. You don't, don't bother with the Kings at this point. Miami Heat going up against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now uh, the Bucks again, it it just doesn't seem like they're going to be that motivated. But at some point, at some point, you got to do something, right? What's your lean here early? Uh, I'm just, I I think you have to take the heat because the Bucks just aren't playing for much. It'll be interesting to see what they set the line at. It matters if 
Jimmy Butler comes back or not. He sat out the Boston game with like a tweaked ankle uh, and the heat ended up beating Boston anyway, which I, most people didn't see coming. Um, but yeah, I also don't know what Milwaukee is planning to do. Um, if they're going to play their entire bench, like they did uh, you know, against the nets, then you definitely can't take them. So I think it really matters what they set this line at and if Jimmy Butler's coming back or not. Yeah, I think Miami. I would even take Miami as a small favorite if it's not over like. So you don't think the price two points? Be, you don't think the price will will be adjusted enough to where the Bucks become valuable? Uh, I again, like I, if it's over four points, if the Bucks are getting more than four points, I think you go Milwaukee. But again, worth monitoring the uh, the the Butler situation as well. Well, and I think the key with the the bubble is you have all this opportunity to bet. Sometimes you got to know when to. To not bet, Sean. That's Kramer. Some, this is not the show for only. <laughs> sometimes I mean, the best bet is no bet at all, Sean. No. Here's the thing: Mo- Milwaukee just has not looked the same since yeah. they've come back into the bubble. They beat Boston, but that was when uh, Jason. That was in that first game when Jason Tatum went like two for twenty uh, from the, from the field. So, uh, yeah, I. I, I'm 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 staying away from Milwaukee. I I, I do like the Heat here, uh, but we have to see what the line is and if Jimmy Butler is coming back. And by the way, like that outside these these two first two games, maybe aside, th- this Thursday night slate, uh, the next four games we're about to talk about some 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 really exciting teams here, Sean. Pacers, Suns. Who's hotter than these two teams? <laughs> no, the only the only two undefeated teams in the bubble so far, and they're playing head to head. Something's got to give. Now, normally I would kind of fade the Suns because they, you know, Devin Booker, game winning shot. They've kind of run their course as far as maybe the mojo that they have going. Yeah. But I think you can make the same case for the Pacers team. They they're three and zero. I think, especially assuming they make the Suns the dog here, I'm taking the Suns and the points. What do you what do you think the line is going to be set at McKee and and I'm assuming you're also riding the Suns train. Yeah, I could see the Pacers being favored by four to six points. I'm not sure. It, it. I think it depends if Sabonis comes back or not, and uh, how healthy Oladipo seems, if, or if he's gonna sit out another game or not. Um, yeah, this Suns team is really hot, and I and it's hard for me to you know speak about it with a sane mind because <laughs> uh, I'm so excited about the how they're playing, but. They just they just look so good, and uh, their young guys are really stepping up. I, I think that TJ Warren has to come back to earth at some point. He's been playing out of his mind the last three games. Now maybe he'll be extra motivated against the Suns because they're the team that traded him away for nothing. But yeah, I think he's got to come back to to earth. And um, yeah, I don't know. I see what this line is. If certainly if the Pacers are giving you know more than uh, kind of two possessions. Uh, for that line, I would definitely take the Suns. Sean, you, you can't not take the Suns because they are hot. Yeah. Well, I think we're I think we're riding the Suns. It, it almost in a weird way, they, their hotness, as McKee kind of alluded to, it feels more sustainable than riding the T.J. Warren train. You know what I mean? Like it feels like seeing Devin Booker put a team on its back and and go to work in a in a weird situation in an AAU situation. Who better than AAU Dream Team or Devin Booker? Well, just the Suns team in general. I think it, it all fits. So, uh, yeah, I'm not. I, 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 new rule. I'm not fading the Suns until they prove me wrong. I like it. I like that rule. Next yeah, they've th- got some good. They've got some different lineups they can throw at Indiana. They can go small with uh, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, uh, who are just you know wing players with huge long arms. They can go big with DeAndre Ayton. He's been playing more and more like a number one pick, which he was. I mean, he's still no Luca, but. That's besides the point. So yeah, suns are hot. Kramer's right. Ride them until uh, until they hit a wall. Clippers versus the Mavs. This is kind of an interesting one. Clippers sitting there in the two seed in the West, six games behind the Lakers, but the Lakers have locked up the one seed. But the Nuggets nipping at their heels there, mm. only one game back. And now, uh, how motivated? What does the two seed really mean to the Clippers? I guess it means whether they're going to have to play the Mavericks or the thunder in that six and seven, or maybe even the jazz and the five seed. There's a big clump of uh, these Western conference teams. How motivated do you think they will be 
for kind of just jockeying for seeding here in this in this Clippers Mavs game. Here, I think the Clippers and the Mavericks are two of the most confusing teams in the West to have come back in the bubble. Uh, the Dallas offense has looked dynamite in the first half. They, you know, coming out and against the Rockets, scoring like seventy-five in the first half, um, and then they just can't seem to put it together for wins. They barely beat a lowly. Uh, Kings team yesterday. And then the Clippers, you know, barely lost to the Lakers without Lou Williams, without Montrezl Harrell. And, and then they lose to the Suns, uh, even with when Lou Williams came back. So I don't know which I, I have to see the line on this one. I have no idea what the line's going to be set at, but um, I feel like I, I'm going to lean towards the Clippers just because I don't see. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi losing two games in a row after losing to the Suns. Yeah, that's a good angle. I, I think Clippers maybe slightly more motivated to, to get something done here. And I, this I is think the Doc be, Rivers situation. Yeah, this anything a, anything under four points, I'm going Clippers. Anytime you have an opportunity for to bet on a Doc Rivers led team that's coming off a little adversity, yeah, it's it's fun to do so. So let's well, let's and, let's ride the Clippers. And we and we are taking back LA. I don't know if you've heard we're through going, Orlando. <laughs> we're going back and forth on on the motivation, but I, I do think there's a little bit of like playing for pride here, and, and I think teams. Yeah. Teams that are kind of, and the Clippers are probably th- the best team for this example. Coming off a an, um, kind of an embarrassing loss, I yeah. think they will be a little fired up because, yeah, they don't really need the game for the seating. But a lot of people are watching these games, and I, I think in basketball especially, there is just a kind of a little point of pride of like, come on, dude, we can't. We're going to lose to the Mavs now, I, so I, I think they're going to be a little bit more motivated than the Mavs here in this spot. Like them coming off the loss, Portland. Squaring off against Denver, we just had Frank Burkowski said he was he was pulling for uh, Portland to win it all. Yeah, I love certainly, that. certainly a bit of a long shot, but he he's uh, cool with uh, Dame and CJ. Well, Big according to the Basketball the- Reference, uh, Portland now a seventeen point four percent chance to make the playoffs, which even that feels low, doesn't it? They're only one game back from the Grizzlies, and they're in that nine spot too. So. What what's the rule, Mickey? If they're if they're within a game or two, then they have to play those tiebreaker they're, games. If they're in uh, within four games, then they have to do the play-in. Oh, game. okay. So, so there seemed- will be a play-in game in the in the West, almost certainly at this point. And yeah, so basically that that if you look at the breakdown over a Basketball Reference, Grizzlies are a fifty-eight point seven percent favorite to get that, followed by the Blazers at seventeen point four percent, and then. The Pelicans at fourteen point two percent. McKee, your sons with one point six percent chance. So I know your towns. There, it's, it's there rough. though. It's there. They need a little help. Nuggets have been uh, interesting in the bubble. They got destroyed by the Heat on uh, on Saturday, and weird team win in a, a thrilling fashion in overtime against the well, Thunder. And they they've will be had, on a back to back. They've here. had three of their starters out, so. Uh, it's pretty much has to be all Jokic, so um, it's going to really matter on their uh, on if their their uh, starting backcourt is able to come back against this Portland team. Uh, if not, I'm definitely going to take Portland, depending on the line. But um, I got to say, on Denver, Michael Porter Jr., who is injured his rookie year and has didn't play much this year, uh, he's looked like an all star in the first two games. Getting a chance as a starter, so well, and conspira- he's a real fun player to watch. Conspiracy theory, theory all star as well. Um, really went to someone let him get on social media. His chaperone must have left him <laughs> alone for a little bit. And and he, I, I don't know if you remember Sean, but he was the hilarious case of the dude who just didn't want to play college basketball. Big time recruit went to Missouri. Play, maybe maybe got on the field uh, on the court for a game. Maybe didn't, and then had back issues and just waited for the draft. And and I think he's kind of prolong that into his NBA career a little bit, but the talent was already always there. So interesting to see if he can keep it up. But here's what I'll say. Nuggets on a back-to-back situation here. They're playing Wednesday. They're going to be playing. There's only a couple teams in that situation. I think uh, for a number of reasons, uh, mainly I, I, we just had a, a fabulous conversation with Frank and he's a, he's a Blazers guy. Uh, I'm a Blazers guy. We like Blazer Dame nation. Lillard. We like Dame Lillard and, Blaze. and, and, and you know, you talk about motivation. They got the motivation. They need to keep winning. The Nuggets are playing every game like it's Game Seven. They, you know, they're only going with an eight-man rotation. They're they're going balls out every night. Uh, they looked great against Houston. I had actually picked Houston because you know they had been previously looking so good. Um, 
Yeah, I like this Portland team against Denver, depending on what the line is. You're right. They're coming off of a back to back and uh, they've been banged up. I don't and I don't think they're that worried about whether they keep the three or the four seed. You know, it's, they're probably just trying to home court, you know. Yeah, they're probably just trying to get their core eight in the best shape. And I think coming off that back to back eight man rotation, I, I'm going uh, trailblazers all day. Last game of the Thursday slate, the lay LA Lakers mm. squaring off against your Houston Rockets, Kramer. Also, uh, Lakers also on a back to back. Yeah, I mean it's Rockets all day. Which here. is why you take the Rockets. And and frankly, like I, I don't like I guess if you're if you're jockeying for position in the West, would you rather be the four seed and have the Lakers or the three seed and get the Clippers? Yeah, I mean, there's not really an easy path there between the two, but I, I, if you're the Rockets, yeah, I, I don't I'm know. saying the Rockets and the, this applies to the Nuggets as well, who we just talked about, because they would be the ones flipping spots there, the three and the four, uh, and of course the Jazz have the. Uh, there's other teams in the equation, but it does seem like if you're a Nuggets, it, you you don't want to see the Lakers, you don't want to see the Clippers. I, I don't know if there's a huge difference there, as you point no, out. No, and, and also, and also, quite frankly, if you're gonna get out of the West. And you're not the the Clippers or the Lakers. You probably have to beat both of them. I would imagine at some yeah. point. So, uh, but yeah, Rockets in this spot. Lakers off a of back to back with nothing to play for. Rockets all day. I mean, as long as they don't, as long as they keep it under six, I, I don't see why don't why don't you pound the Rockets here? Are we missing anything? Are you also Team Rockets here? I'm also team rockets. Uh, it would be interesting to see what the Lakers decide to do today on whether they, uh, how many minutes they play a D and LeBron against uh, OKC because you're right. They don't have it. They've got the one seed locked up. You would imagine they'd want to start uh, resting their main guys. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm with you. I'm going to take the rockets. We'll see what the we'll see what the line is though. And and I would go out on a limb and say if you wanted to identify a potential Dion Waiters game, this might be it. It might be a good Ooh. opportunity for them to to roll him out there in a high tempo situation, lots of possessions, uh, get get some of those guys, whether it be him, J.R. Smith. Um, I'm gonna say this might be a J.R. Smith game. Ooh, I can well. see J.R. Smith coming in and wanting to go off against yeah, uh, his strip club buddy James Harden. Oh, oh yeah. This it, it, this is gonna be. Uh, this is going to be like a shooter shoot type game, and uh, they probably can't make the total high enough. Well, and I, I would say the last uh, this is this is the, the the nightcap for the day. So if if I'm playing DFS lineups, I might look to backload my my lineup uh, with some some players in this both this game and the Blazers Nuggets game could be ripe for for DFS opportunity. Sean, One thing else. Oh, I'm sorry. The last thing the last thing I wanted to say is for these teams like the Lakers, Milwaukee, uh, the, who pretty much have the one seed locked up, or if they don't seem like they're that worried about their positioning, wait until you start watching the game and just bet the live line. Yeah, yeah, you know, great point. Get it, don't don't bet it way ahead just to get your bet in. Like definitely get a a, a feel for the game before uh, you you put a bet in. And my bookie has some great uh, NBA live lines going. Yeah, it it is. Uh... It is nice. How how kind of them to offer us that service in a time of need. They're helping DGENs. DGENs helping DGENs over at mybookie.ag. Make sure you use that promo code SGP. Get a hashtag DGENs only. Hundred percent deposit bonus. That's pretty sweet. Can't beat that. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the new NBA Gambling Podcast yes. feed. Available on iTunes, Spotify, McKee. Just storming up the NBA charts. Climbing the charts. Yeah. And, Hell yeah. Uh, Friend of the program, Zach Bronner, contributor NBA as well. He's a regular on that. And uh, yeah, daily NBA pods. What more could you want? What more could you ask for? Make sure you follow Ryan McKee on Twitter. The Ryan McKee, easy to remember. What else? Uh, what what can we expect to see over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com coming up, Ryan? We've got a lot of uh, PGA Championship. Articles up right now. Uh, Steve Shermer, who you just had on the podcast, is uh, he's going crazy. I can't stop that guy from <laughs> writing hundreds of thousands of words about golf. Uh, we also got uh, some DraftKings picks up there for fantasy. We're gonna have start having some more uh, NBA DFS picks coming up with our man Will Mormon. Um, yeah, and we'll keep putting up some uh, MLB DFS stuff uh, as as long as baseball is still on. I mean, until they cancel baseball, which could be as early as tomorrow, it seems like. Yeah, ba- baseball really fucked this up, Sean. Ah, uh, you know. Are you sad? Surprise, surprise. 
Don't let the door hit you on the way out, baseball. No well, one gives a shit anymore. Yeah, I mean, baseball, you had a huge opportunity, kind of missing it. But uh, hey, the good news is uh, the two teams that uh, there were issues on, both of them broke the rules. So if you follow the rules, it seems to be working. And a uh, knock on wood, plus side, no, no cross team contamination so far. So there's your little uh, optimism on and, and uh, sports not being in a bubble and still surviving. And shout out to to Will Mormon throwing those free picks out because he's taking it up a notch. He's not just giving you a side. He's giving you a. Pr- he's throwing in props. I see an over strikeouts uh, for Wednesday. I see he's throwing team totals out there. I see he's throwing run lines out there. So. He's definitely taken that up a notch. Sean. And he's, he's really, he's really the Alex Caruso of SGPN. <laughs> he work, he he really works his ass off. Give you guys a little extra, a lot of love, effort. Love that, love, love that. that. Check out his daily MLB picks. And with these, with these crazy double headers, these seven inning double headers, the schedule is jam packed. Well, stuff you can bet on over at mybookie.ag. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. And for the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. What is Jeremy Lin up to, Sean? Kramer, let it ride. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.